This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. Thank you so much for choosing to be with us again on this episode. I'm excited again, as I usually am, to bring you another great episode. In this one, we're talking about all those yucky feelings that most moms who are struggling feel very deeply. And even moms who aren't necessarily struggling deeply are also experiencing. And that's those feelings of anger and frustration and sometimes rage that comes. And then the feelings that follow about feeling bad, feeling failure, feeling guilt and feeling shame for even having had negative feelings at all. We're going to talk a little bit about how that happens and what kind of factors are a part of that experience for mothers. And just the fact that we're not necessarily prepared for really what it's going to feel like. And then we're dealing with the reality of motherhood as it's happening. And that in and of itself can be so overwhelming. Our guest today is Melissa DeVaris Thompson, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a private practice in New York City. She sees primarily women in their 20s and 30s, pregnant women and new moms. She is a holistic and depth-oriented therapist and feels that her role is to support clients in finding wholeness, mind, body, and spirit by creating more joy, ease, and healthy relationships. She's going to share a little bit of her personal experience and also how she helps other moms to navigate through some really difficult feelings in new motherhood. So let's welcome Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to be interviewing you and to talk about the work that you do and some of your really cool things that are coming up and to understand and hear your perspective on these ideas of anger and rage and failure and guilt. 
today. So how about though, we start off with you sharing about your experience and the work that you do now. Absolutely. So I'm a mom of two. I have two very active, awesome boys, two and four years old. And I obviously haven't always been a mother. So I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have a private practice in New York City. And I work primarily with women and couples in their 20s and 30s struggling around, you know, whether it's finding a partner, all the big transitions, getting married, having a baby, trying for a baby, all of that. In addition to that, I've also launched another company with two other colleagues, again, licensed marriage and family therapists called Honest Mamas. And there, how we started was... It's funny, we all kind of found our partners around the same time, had our first children around the same time. And during that time, we sort of started calling each other like, wait a second, we've been through a lot of intense psychotherapy to become therapists. And oh my gosh, this is like blowing our minds how hard this is, how many feelings emerge. No one talks about it. Everyone talks about how amazing it is. You have a baby. And I'm like, yeah, but I just had major surgery and it's not what I wanted and I don't have any milk to feed my baby. Mm. And so we decided to find a way to support women, you know, from a more emotional standpoint and a spiritual standpoint to help them find themselves again after this big transition. So we created Honest Mamas. And so it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a ride, you know, being a therapist having the training I've had, and then the huge transition that happened when I first gave birth to my first son, who is now four. And, you know, when we're talking today about anger and rage and guilt and failure, I'm sure I'm hoping our listeners don't say like, oh, what a Debbie Downer, (laughs) because it is so real. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we talk about it, the less kind of Debbie Downer it feels. It's sort of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is normal, women. This is Mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, I'm really happy we're talking about this today. Yeah, absolutely. So some of your what you were describing before is that I really resonate with and a lot of people in this field do is you're going along being a therapist, you have a child and everything changes. It, you know, can be really devastating and difficult and confusing and it sounds like out of that through your process then you and your colleagues friends really found a really cool way to support mothers and families. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when I was in grad school, I had a friend, a very, very, very close friend who had a baby. I don't now know on reflection how she did it all, but she did. And she was a rock star. She was amazing. Mm. And I remember she was the first person in my life who was very open with me that having a child was so hard. And that at moments she just had these really deep feelings of rage and anger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and frustration and I still thank her and I think of her to this day thinking about thank goodness she mentioned that to me so that when I went through my process specifically particularly around my first child and it's not like it goes away it comes up when your baby's born and then you know two months later you're no longer feeling guilty or rageful Mm -hmm. or angry Mm -hmm. but I'm just so glad that she normalized it for me and I thought Mm -hmm. okay if she's going through this obviously other mothers do maybe it's okay and normal you know, to some extent to feel this way at times. Right. I mean, it's so important 
because as you were saying before a little bit, we don't associate pregnancy or postpartum having a new baby with rage. No. We typically associate it with this happiest time of your life and doing what you're meant to do and all that other fun, fluffy stuff. And then when the rage comes, oh my gosh, it feels so bizarre and so strange and so scary. And it feels so shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's what keeps a lot of mothers from talking about it is that it feels so mm-hmm. shameful. Right. So then these feelings are happening and, and it's sort of being kept close to the chest. No one's really talking about it. Right. Right. So maybe we can give a little bit of kind of context to people who are listening who don't understand, well, why would a mom feel rageful? Why would she be feeling angry? And then the failure and guilt and the shame that come along with that. How would you describe the how or the why this happens? Well, I can relate it to my personal experience. I think that a lot of moms, you know, bump into anger or rage. We all have our own triggers. And for me, you know, people can prepare you for childhood telling you about it or telling you how hard it might be or telling you kind of the warning signs of this or that or like, look out for this and make sure you do this or that. And in my own experience, I was sort of like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like I'm having Mm -hmm. a baby. I know it's going to be a lot, but I'm a therapist. I got it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I've been through therapy. I'm still in therapy. I'm good. And then I had the baby. I had my firstborn child and everything. Number one, the birth fell apart. Luckily, Mm -hmm. I was healthy. My son was healthy, but the birth was quite traumatic for me. I wanted Mm -hmm. a very natural birth, you know, was really hoping for, you know, a sort of quick, no medication birth. And it completely did not turn out that way. I ended up with a bit of an emergency C-section situation and was fully medicated and all of that. And then you cross the hurdle of breastfeeding. And that was another issue where, you know, we were using donation milk and a syringe and a nipple shield. I mean, the works, we tried everything. And that is sort of where I started to feel the anger emerge was around, wait a second. Number one, all of these things are happening. They're so intense. Let's just back Mm -hmm. up to, you know, a lot of moms feel this even trying to get pregnant and the issues that come along with that. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. And for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's OneSkin. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat Factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. 
I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high protein and calorie smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. And for me, the anger came up particularly around the birth. And I started to feel really angry at myself. This was the first thing I could have done. The first thing I could have done to give my child a good start was to give them a good birth. You know, I could have at least done that. And I didn't. And I took it back in those days very personally. And I know now that's not true. That's not the case. But that was sort of the first kind of introduction of the anger. Right. right. So, I mean, you're describing at that time feeling very responsible for all of this. And then without the perspective of knowing what you know now or mm -hmm. what you learned shortly thereafter. And that feeling, I think, resonates, can resonate for so many moms and dads too. But that feeling that things are totally should be in your control and you should be able to control things and, and manage the outcomes of things seems like a huge factor. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point to bring up because for me, someone that's knows how to plan, if there's a way to do it, I'm going to do it. If you tell me A through Z, I'll do all those steps to get to Z. And this was mm -hmm. the first thing that, you know, one of the first things in my life, there have been many, but one of the most important things that sort of was out of my control to a lot of the extent. And I think for me, as with a lot of moms, anxiety can translate into anger. Mm -hmm. You know, when I feel really scared about something, when my children get sick and unfortunately they struggle with febrile seizures and when that happens, my anxiety gets to such a level that I start to get really mad, you know, not at them, but sort of like, mm -hmm. ah, I just need to control everything and like, why yeah. didn't I do this or I blame someone else or whatever. Mm -hmm. So from those early days, I think it's just important to know and understand what your triggers are. And, you know, is your anger being directed inside or is your anger being directed externally? Maybe it's to nurses, doctors, doulas, midwives, friends, family around you. And maybe to kind of back up a little and see, am I really angry or is there something underneath that? Am I really sad? Am I mm -hmm. really anxious and feel out of control? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So feelings of sadness, feelings of anxiety can both lead to that kind of anger, rageful feeling. A thousand percent, yes. So how do you see with the moms that you support, how do you see this showing up for them? How are they describing it to you? Well, I think it's such a common thing for many moms, myself included, whether you're talking about a newborn baby or you're talking about an older child. In one of the pieces that I find a lot of moms say is, oh my gosh, I did so much for this baby. I was up all night. I fed them. I clothed them. I did everything I could. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing mm -hmm. left. And so what I hear in that is, number one, I'm taking it personally. Like this mm -hmm. child is out to ruin me, right, um, yep. which it can so feel like. Right, it does. <laughs> this little human is like really trying to take me down. Mm -hmm. And 
Then the other piece is around, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing to give and you want more? Like that Mm -hmm. is just insane. And so those feelings underneath can really lead to more anger Mm -hmm. and rage and sometimes take people by surprise, you know, when they have an outburst of some kind. And then I know we'll get to the guilt and shame of that happening in a moment, but you know, then it leads to having an outburst. And a lot of times I think it's hard for moms to recognize like, why am I so like, where is the anger coming from? What is stemming like from the anger didn't just manifest in a second. There's something brewing underneath usually. Sure. Right. Maybe high levels of frustration. I'm thinking of a couple of people and myself too, really difficult periods of time or is like in the middle of the night when you can't soothe the baby and like you were just saying, that feeling you've done everything you can do, you've exhausted all of your resources and yourself. And that feeling can come on very quickly, that rage feeling, the anger. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because you're reminding me, I was actually smiling as you were talking, because you're reminding me that I would have arguments with my husband in the middle of the night about who's going to go get the baby. (laughs) Right, right. And it was like, no, you, I mean, we weren't screaming at each other, but it was like, no, you need to, well, I got to do this. No, I got to do that. Well, I've been doing it all day and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It got to a point before we went to bed that we would have to have a plan. Okay. Tonight, you know, first wake up is you. Second wake up is me. If you do the first wake up, I'll do the rest of the night. Like it was a negotiation that needed to happen before we were actually in bed, half asleep. You know, Mm -hmm. my husband's a much deeper sleeper than me, so I would be the first one to wake up, and Mm -hmm. I would get so annoyed. Like, you don't hear our baby crying. He's, like, (laughs) right next to us or right in the crib or on the monitor. I remember I used Mm -hmm. to put the monitor on his side because I would be so sensitive to every little noise, rustle, Mm -hmm. or breath. And he would sleep through it all because he was obviously exhausted and he was working, you know, at his job during the day and then coming home and being wonderful in the evening, but mm-hmm. he was exhausted. And so there was a lot of frustration that, you know, when I'm feeling frustrated towards my child during the day, you know, I can't take it out on my child. I try everything I can not to, as good moms we all do. And so I also started to notice how it would leak out to my partner or how he would Mm -hmm. do something. And I'd just lash out and be like, why are you doing that? Or I asked you to do this. Why Mm -hmm. didn't you do that? It had nothing to do with him. It was just really me feeling under-resourced, exhausted, someone pulling on me all the time. And I just needed to Mm -hmm. vent. Right. Yeah. I mean, you must hear this all of the time in your practice and helping other moms. This seems so common. So Um, common especially with the partner stuff and feelings of resentment and that adding to other feelings of anger and out of control. And it just gets to be, you know, this big ball of ugh that gets taken out all over the place. Yes. So you were also saying that something I want to get back to is that this process, so to speak, of having the anger, having the rage, and then having the guilt and the shame and the failure is, can you speak to those feelings too, the guilt and the shame and the failure feelings? Yes. So I work with a lot of women in my private practice. I have for years and years and years. I have a lot of female friends. I have a lot of female colleagues. Obviously, I am a woman. And I remember reading a book called The Dance of Anger many, many years ago in grad school. And what I started to feel through my clients talking through reading this book was as women, it's so hard for us to learn how to express our anger. It's not a very 
let's just say socially acceptable feeling, I think, in our culture, especially for a woman to get mad, to get really mad and sometimes to feel their rage and anger. And I think it's shut down a lot as being, oh, you're just crazy. Oh, you're just, you know, being neurotic. I mean, going back to olden days, you're being neurotic. And so I think it stems a lot from that. And there's no place for it. It's, I think I'm hoping through these conversations like this, that things will change, but the more we're able to speak to it, the more we're able to share it in communities where we don't feel judged, where we feel accepted, the less likely it is that it'll come up out of nowhere and wipe us off our feet. Right. So I think that's part of it. When we talk about the guilt and the feelings of failure is that as a mom, really ask yourself, if you're listening, ask yourself, is it okay for me to be angry? You know, is it socially acceptable, you know, with my family, with my friends, with my husband even, for me or my wife, you know, depending on who you're with, is it okay for me to feel anger and to feel not great sometimes around being a mother and to feel really frustrated about what my child has done, said, acted like. And I think a lot of that when we're not having these conversations or we do feel judged, it can lead us to feeling a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And so not only now are we mad, we then have done something to sort of release some of that anger. And now we're in addition to being mad, we are now feeling guilty. So I hear Mm -hmm. this a lot where a woman will feel really angry about something, you know, talk about it with a partner, lash out, get mad at the partner and the partner, let's just say it's a husband for this conversation, will say like, whoa, you're really mad. Like you need to calm down. Why are you getting so mad? I would never get mad about that. Mm -hmm. And there's not much room, I think, a lot of times for a woman to just really have the freedom to kind of have the space to share her anger. And so not only is her anger not getting addressed and like, okay, Why are you feeling angry? What led to this? Like, how are you doing? Tell me about it. But then she's made to feel crazy or too much or too emotional, which can then also further the levels of guilt that are already, I think, inherent in all of us when we have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So there's these kind of unseen, but maybe embedded in the culture and embedded in society ways that women are treated and are trying to understand themselves. And you're saying very specifically that anger is generally not allowed. Yes. Wow. So then when we do feel it and to the levels that you can feel it in pregnancy and postpartum, that rage you were describing, I mean, what are some examples of how intense that you've heard it get? I mean, I just know, again, you know, working with clients personally, that with so many hormones happening, with so much breast milk issues if you're breastfeeding how many hormones are changing there it can get really really intense also the piece that we haven't touched on is how was anger accepted in your family you know did you have an angry mother did you have Mm -hmm. a mother at all did you witness anger what was anger treated like in your family was it allowed you know all of these pieces plus then you know self-anger that can emerge. Oh my God, I'm being like my mother. I'm doing that thing that she always did that I never really liked. And here I am. And oh, I'm so mad. Yeah. So it can be extremely layered and it can be extremely intense. And, 
you know, the biggest thing that I always say to moms is like, okay, so we can talk about, you know, the biggest thing is getting support. You know, how do you find yourself to be more resourced? What are the issues underneath the anger that need to be addressed? That's really where I go. Uh-huh. Right. Because the guilt and the shame are kind of a, well, that's all over the place. You can have that for just about anything in motherhood. But yes. the guilt and the shame are sort of a byproduct of the anger and the rage. And then what's under that? Right. Exactly. You know, do you feel so many moms, I'm sure will resonate with what I'm about to say, but do you feel like you've given all of yourself and it's just not enough? Do you Mm -hmm. feel like all you do every day is talk to a baby or a child and not have much adult interaction? Do you feel stressed out because you're a working mom and you're trying to handle the demands of your work, whether you own your own business or you work for somebody else, and then you're trying to be present not only for your partner, potentially, if there's a partner involved, but also for your child. Mm -hmm. You know, are you stressed? Are you stressed about money? Like there's so many other factors in our life that come into the building up of this mountain of anger and rage. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sleep too. You're trying to do all that and not sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. You are for sure going to feel more angry. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, And again, I think for a couple of us, there is this idea, I don't know, you know, I've been really sitting with like, where does this come from? And how does this evolve? And how do we internalize it? But the idea of being the perfect mother, we have Mm -hmm. to have a clean house, we have to have laundry done, do all the grocery Mm -hmm. shopping, have food on the table, make money or not make money, look good, feel good, you know, wear the right thing, say the right thing, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so hard when we're having that perfection cast on us or we feel like we have to be perfect. And it could even show up. I remember, oh my gosh, I remember going to like a workout class for moms, stroller strides. And I know they have them in different areas. So Mm -hmm. there would be the stroller strides workout class in the morning. And when I first had my firstborn, I would go and you'd put them in the stroller and you'd jog around. At that point, it was winter. So we'd jog around the mall when it was closed. Uh It sounds ridiculous, but that's what we did. Uh And my child would always be the one screaming as we're running Mm -hmm. in this like Mm -hmm. circle around the mall, screaming. Mm And I was so mortified. I was so embarrassed. I felt so much shame. I felt Mm -hmm. like I just wanted to run and hide. And I also felt such intense anger. Yeah. You know, here's the one thing I'm doing to take care of myself, to allow me to be a better mom. You're embarrassing me. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. I did everything. You're diapered, you're fed. You Mm -hmm. were happy two minutes ago and now you're not. And so I think that buys into the perfection piece or having to you know, come across a certain way, like we've just got it all together and we don't. Right. So as you were talking, you made me think in addition to that, that, you know, we don't is when you're having that feeling of anger and rage is, you know, how do you allow that to be okay? Just as you're saying that these feelings are coming up and how do you help people to feel that it's okay to have the feelings that they're feeling? Yeah. Well, I think it takes a little bit of time to sort of work through, again, going back to, so what got you to that moment? What mm-hmm. got you to that moment that, you know, for me in this experience that I'm sharing, I'm, I'm jogging and I'm like, oh my God, stop <laughs> crying. Please stop right. crying. Like yeah. I'm exhausted. Right. I'm just done. Mm-hmm. I'm so done. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned kind of now my kids are a little bit older and I have two of them. 
I learned, you know, I really have to address some of the challenges and some of the like little small anger molehills that come up beforehand because for me, they're an indicator that something's not getting addressed, some needs. Mm -hmm. I'm either not being able to get some quiet time or be able to move my body or being able to have, you know, social interactions or whatever it is. And so I start to address those things before I get to the big mountain explosion of anger. Mm -hmm. That is super helpful. The second piece is that, you know, I do see a lot of moms who come in and they're like, oh yeah, I've been angry and I feel terrible about it and I don't know why. And there's so much guilt around the anger. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, well, I've already done it. So it's too late now, right? And I think just normalizing it, we all get angry as moms. We're human beings. We all get angry. We all get Mm -hmm. frustrated. And it's allowed. You know, we're allowed to get that. I think where, you know, the lines that we've got to be careful as moms is like, how do we take care of ourselves in the anger and not get it to a place where we're either harming ourselves or our children? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And wow, that is so important. I mean, all of the things you were saying in there is... Essentially, it's okay to have feelings and it's also okay to address them and do things so that you can reduce the intensity like self-care and and all of that stuff. And just, I mean, the whole concept of allowing yourself to have a feeling and then be curious about why is maybe really, really foreign to some people. Yeah. Just like you said, giving them the permission is so powerful. Yeah. And I think, you know, at Honest Mamas, we've actually started using this phrase like mothering moments because we were having this experience where we'd call each other and we would say, oh my God, just be quiet. I need to talk to you and tell you what happened. (laughs) This is what happened with my ex-year-old and this is how it went down and this is what I said or this is what I did and I'm a complete failure and I stink at being Mm -hmm. a mother and what the heck is wrong with me and, you know, I absolutely suck. And what we realized is that these moments, if you can identify them before they actually hit, there is way more choice around the outcome of it. So for example, Mm -hmm. I know for my two little boys, I'm not going to take them certain places by myself that I can't have some measure or degree of control because they run, they're runners. They love to run in two different directions. I am completely stressed out. I get frustrated. I get really embarrassed. I have all these thoughts bubbling up and then inevitably Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, I get mad at them. Why can't you sit like the other little boys and girls here? Why can't you eat what I ordered for you? I mean, it goes on. So to me, that's a setup. So Mm -hmm. I really try to take on the things that I know won't be a setup. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, even if I do something that I feel like, okay, this is going to be okay, and it doesn't turn out to be okay because life is like that, then at least I know for myself I have to, my kind of coping strategy is to call a friend or a colleague or even sometimes my husband and say, okay, this is what happened. I'm feeling really bad about it, so please don't put any more more guilt Mm -hmm. or shame on me. But like, I'm an okay parent, right? Like I try my best and let me just see if I can process this through a little bit to understand it. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food. Like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. 
These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own, and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breast that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself. And that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin has several other high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable and not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty important to find somebody then that you trust and who you know won't make you feel worse. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For having a very human mothering moment, just like you said. Right. Right. Um, That can be difficult for sure, but it seems pretty necessary to, I think what I hear you saying is to get it out of your head and talk it through with somebody who can be supportive. Yes, the other thing that I think is also important, especially if you have older children, and you know, this isn't parenting advice at all, but it's something that's helped me with my anger when it's come up is that, you know, my child, my older child might say to me, like, Mommy, what's wrong? Mommy, what's wrong? Mommy, mommy. He won't even let me just yeah. sit and breathe. So I've learned to say to him, as far as he can understand, you know, mommy just needs a little space. Mommy needs a little time. Mommy's feeling frustrated. I want him to know that anger is okay. It's okay to Uh have anger. It's normal to have anger. It's okay to be frustrated. And I'm going to take care of myself in ways that I know how to de-escalate the situation. And because I'm the parent, I need to put on my parent hat and really lean in to taking care of myself in the best way possible while also communicating to him, this is what I'm doing. Yes, what you did frustrated mommy. I need some space. I need some time. You know, you go back to coloring. I'm going to go over here to the bathroom, wherever, take a few breaths. As long as everyone's safe, it's absolutely Mm -hmm. okay to do that. Right. Just that is a great permission to give to mothers that they themselves can take the time out that they need. Which is another, I'm going to jump in if that's okay with (laughs) another example, because with my first child, I felt like I had to be, oh, I would hear one little cry and I'm like, okay, go, 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 go. It was constantly a race to get to meeting what my child needed in the moment. Oh my gosh, I heard something. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I was constantly on high alert. Mm -hmm. And with my second child, what I realized is that 
it's okay. Of course, I'm going to attend to my child's needs. I'm right here, but it's going to take me some time to walk across the room. I'm not going to sprint. I'm not going to have heart palpitations while I try to get to you. And I think that has also given me a lot of permission just to be able to slow down a little bit. Sure. You know, to not feel so much pressure on myself, to not slam our days with tons of activities, to not have the expectation that my children can get dressed in five minutes and out the door in 10. It's just not going to happen. It's not (laughs) going to happen. They work at such a slower pace than adults Mm -hmm. do. And I need to remember that. Well, that's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. That is really hard. I mean, to just even remember it sometimes, right? Because I mean, life is going and sometimes you are in a rush and in a hurry. And those are the times where you might be more likely to get angry and do things that, you know, the kids don't understand in terms of, you know, things maybe that I'm hearing or moms who yell, you know, specifically I'm thinking of a woman who was in one of my groups said like the baby wouldn't stop crying and she just yelled, yelled in the baby's face and then had that like, oh my gosh, how could I do that? I'm such a terrible mom. And then all the guilt and then all the shame and then you know, that same kind of thing. Well, she's mom is totally exhausted and her wits end. And then how does she go about, you know, either forgiving herself about it or making the repair with her child? It's a hard process that to understand that there will be times where we get mad. And, you know, giving ourselves instead of going into that, you know, the guilt, the shame is, you know, more on the side of, you know, forgiveness and allowing yourself to be human. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up repair because that is another piece. As a therapist, we all know that repairing is huge. That, you know, if I mess up or I have an angry moment or I say something or in a way that I wish I hadn't, I get to, you know, and again, at the child's, what they can understand, a baby's not going to understand that maybe in the way that, you know, an older child would, but babies still pick up on things. And to be able to look them in the eye and take some responsibility And to Mm -hmm. say, you know, mommy was really frustrated and it's not okay for mommy to yell in your face. You know, mommy's going to work on that and I'm really sorry and I'll try better next time and whatever, however you find your words, you know, that is super important. And if you think your child is too little to understand that, I think they do on some level, they do understand that and they can feel that. And that to me is, Mm -hmm. you know, an adult gives a care about them. An adult cares, you know, and wants to attach back in the relationship in a healthy way and take responsibility. I think that's a huge piece on working through some of the guilt and shame. That's one thing you can do to try to make it right. Oh, yeah. After those feelings of anger. Yes. Yes. That's so important. Yeah. So for the moms, partners, family members, therapists, whoever who's listening to this, what are some words of support and encouragement for, you know, the moms who are worried about this and even for the partners or family who don't quite understand what's going on how can you offer support to them well the first I'll kind of work my way out and then back in so the Mm -hmm. first for family members and people spouses or partners that are seeing a mom you know either angry enraged or feeling a lot of anger is it's scary it can be really scary it can be really intimidating it can bring up their own feelings of how anger was treated in their family, how they feel anger is appropriate or not appropriate, and whether that, you know, overlays how a woman should be in the world, how a mother should be Uh, in the world. So that is very, very layered. But I do want to name that it can be scary, you know, Mm -hmm. for a partner. 
if we kind of work backwards into a mom having those feelings, it is so normal. It is so normal to feel frustrated with your child, with your life situation, with the transition that's happened from, I had so much freedom. I got to have a coffee and sit down. I got to take a shower. I got to use the bathroom by myself. You know, those little things of like, common human decency that you feel like you lose sometimes when you have a child Uh you know we all feel that way you know even moms that maybe you feel a little judged by I'm sorry but they feel that way too at moments like wow can I get a break and get five minutes alone they feel Mm -hmm. that way so it's normal Mm -hmm. it's normal and Mm -hmm. you know the more we talk about it the less shame we carry, the more we bring it out of the shadows into the light, the less shame we feel. So I would encourage women to talk about it and to say even after the moment they've had it or knowing themselves well enough to know when it's building up is Mm -hmm. to be able to talk to somebody trusted that they really feel like they can vent to. That's awesome. That's so great. I'm really thankful to have this conversation with you and for you to be highlighting some of the things that moms may be experiencing and even partners may be experiencing. This is so prevalent and happens so frequently that, you know, on some level we could be having this conversation about anger and rage and failure and guilt in every single episode because it comes up that much. Yes. And I've really been wanting to have this conversation. So I appreciate you bringing this stuff to light so that people can see what it looks like and what it feels like and what to do. Absolutely. Again, the more we talk about it, the less stigma it has around it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your personal experience and your professional experience and all of the work that you're doing now. And also if you can let folks know about your upcoming project. Yes. So Honest Mamas is starting a podcast, which I am so excited. You will be one of our guests, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners will love to hear from as well. Mm -hmm. So we are launching October 3rd and to get on our mailing list to get, you know, be the first ones to know when that does go live, you can go to www.honestmamas.com plural.com. So honestmamas.com. And then you can also, for me in my private practice in New York City, you can get more information about me at www.embracingjoy.com. Awesome. So I will have all of that information as well up in the show notes so people can find you and find your upcoming podcast, which I'm super excited about. It's going to be awesome. Thank you again for being on with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really did love this conversation with Melissa. It's something, as I said before, that I think about a lot and that I see a lot with people who come into the groups and in the practice and just even hearing from you guys, things that you go through, is all of these feelings that just make us feel less than and what a struggle it is to really figure out how to deal with them. So I'm so glad we're working on getting this issue out in the open so we can all start to have a conversation about it. If you would like to connect more with Melissa, you can find her in a couple spots. Her personal website is embracingjoy.com and she's on Twitter at embracingjoy. And also, if you want to learn more about Honest Mamas, go to honestmamas.com or find them on Twitter at honestmamas. And for those of you who'd like to chat more about this and have your own experiences to share, please hop on over to Mom and Mind Connection Facebook group to join us in deepening these conversations and having a place to connect with other like-minded folks. 
If you'd like to share this episode with someone who you think would benefit from it, you can hop on over to www.momandmind.com and find your favorite listening platform to share this from. Please do feel free as usual to hop on line and give me some feedback and some ideas about things that you'd like to hear more of on the Mom and Mind podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.